Hey, everybody, it's Jeff. Before we start the episode today, I want to make sure you didn't miss our announcement from this weekend. We are proud to say that MXU Live 2023 is booked. We're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia at Passion City Church, September 14th and 15th. So it's two full days of going deeper and leaning in more than ever before. We'll have visionary leaders and experts pouring into you and your whole team, and we're super excited to roll out discipline-specific deep dives this year. So whether you're in audio, video, lighting, or worship, there will be a deep dive just for you. We can't wait for MXU Live as we all learn and grow and continue to get better together. So go to getmxu.com slash live, find out all the details, and get your tickets today. We cannot wait to see you in Atlanta in September. All right, let's get to the episode. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 141 of the MXU Podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, your host, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by my friend, Brad Weston from Renewed Vision. Now, Brad, I'm not sure your exact title. Is it founder, president, Grand Poobah, chief oh, of all like things? Like, uh, uh, I'm not Grand sure. Grand potentate? No. I, that, uh, right Reverend Bishop? <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it is official president and CEO, I guess, but yeah. Okay. But one of the four principals, co-founders, yeah. So yes. I've known Brad for a long time. And what I love about Renewed Vision in terms of just your relationship with MXU is that you guys have always been committed to providing uh, software tools and digital technology to church teams and other teams. But your heart for the church has always been at the forefront of what ProPresenter for sure is about and what your other products are about. And I think, you know, the just the idea that um, these are tools that we can use to to get better. Has always been the thing that resonates with me, and you know I've seen the products up close and personal for forever, really. And so it's it's great to finally have a chance to talk to you about them in person and give everybody a feel for what you guys are about and what you do. Now I know everybody who uses MXU is familiar with ProPresenter, but not everybody who uses ProPresenter knows about MXU. So maybe <laughs> it'll be a, a way for us to kind of cross market some of what we do as well. So thanks for being here. Oh, I, it's a it's a pleasure. Um, it was good to see you last week and and reconnect. You know, you, you and I have been doing this for so so long uh, that we go to these different events and it just feels like a homecoming of of all these old friends that we haven't absolutely uh, worked with in such a long time and and different times in our lives we've. You know, circled around in the same churches, and then, yep. but certainly in the same conferences and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, what we have, uh, <laughs> the knowledge that we've lost in technical expertise is made up in wisdom and how to deal with those com- those problems that we encounter. So that's good. it's just it's it's a pleasure to to uh, talk with old friends, as it were. Yeah. Well, thanks. We saw each other last week at the Orange Conference in Atlanta, and like you said, it's like old home week between musicians from over the years that are now, you know doing a bunch of different things that get to reconnect to things like that, but then just church relationships. And, you know, I was telling somebody earlier, you know, Reggie Joyner, who founded the orange movement, uh, married Liz and me 25 years ago. And so, oh, wow. you know, there's just know a lot of water under the bridge since then, but, you know, just to, just to have those kinds of relationships in your life is always good, especially when you get to be men of a certain age, like you and I are, it's, uh, it's nice to have that kind of, just foundational legacy in terms of friendships and just influence and, you know, to be around like 
you know, Andy and Louie for all these years and to be a part of their ministries and, you know, other things, whether it's from a technology perspective or just being under their leadership and communication, you know, it's, it's amazing how the shared history kind of is common to both of us. And it's for me anyway, it's just such a meaningful part of my, not just professional life, but my personal spiritual development and growth. And, you know, that, that informs the professional. So it's, it's fun to be around people who have that shared experience. Absolutely. And, and like I said, I think it, it, as I've grown older and I go to these different events and I see more young people, you know, when the attendees turn to uh, turn out to be majority younger than I am, yeah. I, I realize, oh, wow, you know, there, you have people that come to these events that are, hung, that have a hunger for knowledge. Um, and it's, 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 it's like, wow, suddenly we became the leaders, you know, we're, we're actually, we need to pour out our bucket as much as possible on these people, not only just in the technical stuff with the, because the technical stuff changes all the time, right. but just with regards to, you know, how to do things well uh, and how to relate to people well, uh, how to relate to your teams well. Um, the, the older I get, the more I realize that the technology doesn't matter as much as just how you make people feel and, and you know, getting the right group of volunteers or work with, you know, not necessarily volunteers, but in church ministry, largely volunteers, uh, and, and, and how to inspire people to excellence. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. That's and great. to that extent, uh, just to plug, I mean, Orange does, as, does that really well. <laughs> I said, uh, I've made the joke. I said, there's, there's two, um, two things that, that is always, you can always rely upon at Orange is one is they're going to get top tier talent. The singers are just outstanding. Um, and all the production folks, yourself included, are just top notch. And the second thing you can always bet on is that we will be running an hour behind schedule. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's funny. It's not just Orange. That's a lot of conferences, but for it sure is, Orange. It is. Very true. <laughs> so speaking of history, I'd love for you to share some of your history, both personal and professional, in terms of just what led to the development of some of the tools that Renewed Vision offers. I know that you know we talk about being in the same circles back in those days. You know, I know that ProPresenter, started in large part because of a need yep. that, that was very relevant. And, you know, the early stages of North Point and Passion and Chris Tomlin tours and all that, there was this, this need that you guys saw as, hey, we might have a tool that could help here. So give everybody a little bit of the origin story, because I think this is a piece that maybe not many people know. Yeah. Um, so it goes back to 1999. Uh, when passion conferences, you know, they had their first big event. I think it was in 1998. Actually, there might have been one, a smaller one in 1997. But um, in 1999, their event, they they had come out with the Better Is One Day album, which just exploded and really gained uh, brought passion to national po- uh, national prominence. Just because yeah. it was a it was a live album that just did super well as a live worship album uh, and kind of created a whole new genre of that subspace of you know Christian and gospel music. But anyway. Um, they had a vision of doing this big event in Memphis, Tennessee, in this big field and gathering all of the college students across the nation together. Well, not all of them, but uh, a great many college students across the nation together for one day of worship uh, and prayer. And so that event was called One Day, and it happened in uh, the year 2000. But uh, in order to raise awareness uh, about this upcoming event, uh, they had a, a tour band that was led by Steve Fee and, at the time, Candy Pearson. Uh, and they they went around with uh, David Bell, who 
you know as well. So oh, many, yeah. Uh, so many old friends. Um, and they would travel around on this tour bus with the trailer being uh, hauled behind it um, in a very, very small production and, and have a worship gathering at a various, you know, various college campuses, one every single night, sometimes two in any given day. Um, and so we, uh, I was working with uh, Hadley Brandt, who's also with Orange Conference. So it's, again, it's, it's all one big happy family. Um, so he and I were actually working, uh, and Matt, my partner here, we were working on the registration system. Uh, for the one-day conference. And my background was in multimedia back in the day when CD-ROMs were a thing, uh, before the days of the internet. If you were going to watch any kind of video or distribute any kind of video or interactive multimedia uh, to a computer, you would have to use a CD-ROM. And um, that's, that's what my background was. As I'm a computer scientist, I, was, I had a, a heavy emphasis in, in regards to media and video editing and this kind of thing um, and, and the arts. So I, was, I had done a lot of published uh, interactive CD-ROMs. Um, and so as they were ramping up to do this, uh, this one-day campus tour, they had a need to actually, uh, you know, they had new songs by Chris Tomlin and David Crowder and Charlie Hall and all these guys that they were going to be singing at these different events. And they didn't know how each audience was going to react to these. They wanted the flexibility to just kind of make up their, their set list on the fly. And if a song was resonating with people, they'd sing the chorus multiple times. They would, uh, if it wasn't resonating or if they wanted to just switch things up, basically they just wanted the ability to not have a linear presentation that was all pre-planned. They just wanted to be spirit-led in these gatherings. And so there weren't really any tools. PowerPoint's not made for a spirit-led kind of gathering. You're, it's <laughs> right. not really easy to, you know, oh, well, the chorus is slide 18, so I'm going to type in, the, you know, 18, enter to just go to that slide. That's, that's not a, an easy thing to do. So ProPresenter started by, because... Um, Passion's offices, which were right down the street from our offices, they just said, hey, you know, you all have some multimedia background. Uh, would you be willing to just write an application? We just have, I, I don't remember how many it was. It was like 12 to 20 songs. Um, if we could just create a presentation product that would allow us to, uh, to be spirit-led in these gatherings, we only need these 20 songs. Um, if you could go ahead and just make something, and then we need to show this vision video of Louis explaining what the vision of one day was. Um, and so I don't remember how many days it was. It was just sort of a little side project um, that we put together. It, had, it couldn't have been more than three or four days. It was a very, very simple thing. Again, there was no editor. There was nothing. And I remember very fondly the night that the tour was, was leaving. We went to David Bell's house, and he had the tour bus up there. And Hadley and I were actually wiring the bus uh, for uh, uh, putting a network into the bus so they could actually print sheets and whatnot in the bus. They had you know, these little funny. cubbies. Wow. You'd put the printer in and whatnot. So we were doing that. And at the same time, I was actually uh, teaching Cam Moss, the first operator of ProPresenter, how to use this early version of what didn't have a name at the time. And so they go out on tour and everything works well. I you know, made some different updates for them. They would say, hey, we need to add these songs. We need to add these songs. We need these to add these songs. And so a month later, I built an editor into it. At the time, there was no editing. It was just, here are the Correct. slides. And yeah, could, it, was, it was a- Maybe you could click them in whatever order you wanted, but there was no editability at all. Correct. Wow. Uh, and then there were different cues for uh, a couple of different still backgrounds that they could use. Uh, there was a logo that they you know, wanted to show. And then there was uh, the vision video that Louis had so that we would play that, that video. Um, again, a very, very limited number of people. I think on the tour, there was only, I don't know, eight people that went on that tour. Chris Briley was running sound. Again, That's right. the guy yeah. that we worked with last week. 
Um, so we, we go way back. I mean, you're talking 20, 24 years ago uh, that this was all happening. And um, so at the time, I had also uh, tried out to be at North Point. I'd tried out to be on the worship band and uh, failed because um, my background was I had a music minor and, and played the drums. And well, I didn't meet the standards, I guess, of, uh, of North Point. So um, anyway, and and uh, so, yeah, uh, joined Matt and, you know, Hadley was involved with production and Matt had been starting to get involved with uh, production at North Point. So I got involved and they had heard what had, you know, what had been built for, for passion. And uh, they said, hey, could we use that here? And so I continued to develop it over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, not so much for passion because, you know, passion conference or the one day conference came and went, but North Point continued to have these needs to actually show lyrics on the screen and do things in a different way than anybody else was doing it. Yeah. Um, and North Point being the inf- influential church that it was at the time and doing things differently than everybody else, uh, they would do tours uh, for other church leadership for all these different other churches that would come through. And one of the primary questions that they got in the production world was, hey, what are you using for words for worship? In fact, I made little cards and branded and said, hey, I'm going to come up with a name and came up with the name ProPresenter. Why? Because the dot-com uh, name was available. <laughs> uh, and uh Anyway, and so I came up with cards that said, hey, what do they use for worship? And it was, you know, and just said ProPresenter. And it just kind of became, well, I guess is the equivalent of mailbox money. I'd be doing my day job. And uh, every once in a while, you know, a church would buy it and I'd see an email and, oh, hey, great, there's a sale. Um, But it was really an honor to just kind of be, it's like, it it, it is definitely a case where it was the right place at the right time with the right ministries. Um, And just working really, really hard, I, you know, I, it's kind of folklore at this point, but I'd go to, I'd work at Starbucks from six o'clock to eight o'clock in the morning, uh, just working on propers and I'd go to and do my day job. Uh, and then, you know, that, that it, it was, it was just really special because I felt like I was actually, uh, connected to the big C church, uh, yeah. in a very, in a very unique way in a, and had a unique opportunity. And so in 2005, the, the day job, um, that I was doing with, uh, Rich and Matt, who were my, uh, partners here, um, we that that essentially folded. The, the parent company folded, and um, I told the guys we we wanted to do something. We knew we wanted to do something together, and I said, "Hey, I've got this product that I've been you know doing on the side. We can make this a full time endeavor." And so, in 2005, we came together and made you know renewed vision a full time gig, um, and then have just put. 100% of our time into uh, ProPresenter, then to PVP, um, ProVideo Server, uh, and our scoreboard product, and all the other things that have, have happened in the last 18 years. So um, was originally on the Mac, uh, then we developed for the PC just to try and broaden our horizons, and um, yeah, continue to just look for opportunities to enhance church services, uh, and not intentionally uh, the, you know, there's actually a whole lot of productions that aren't churches that need to show videos and play back video smoothly and do graphics on screens smoothly yeah. for broadcast. Uh, so we got involved with, a, a lot of corporate events and then got into some, some major events. We're in lots of different, uh, major sporting venues and, uh, stadiums, et cetera. We've been involved with, uh, several NFL drafts and several, um, well, very large events that I can't mention. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's kind of an honor, you know, it's kind of cool because so often when are, you know, when we, when you and I were starting, I think, uh, I always talk about when we'd go to NAB, NAB being the, the broadcasters convention that I think you and right. I both were at a couple weeks ago. Um, 
Uh, I realized, uh, as a matter of fact, um, I was talking with Jeremy at NAB, Jeremy Bagwell, and Ross had uh, these these badges for how many years you know that you'd attended NAB. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was doing the math, and I'm like, well, this is my twenty. I think I've been to NAB twenty years. You know? Wow. Uh, because I went early on in in 2000 with a team from North Point and continued to just go. And then eventually we were showing, you know, our own stuff and having booths at NAB and whatnot. But anyway, uh, it used to be in 2000 winter, you would go around the show floor that when you walked into a booth, if you had questions, the sales rep would always just kind of glance down at your badge and you'd actually want to hide your badge if it said anything church related, which was really funny, remarkable. And if they saw the word church, then they would kind of say, oh, Hey, tell you what, let me introduce you to Dave. Dave's a great guy. We hired him two hours ago and he'd be happy to show you our (laughs) equipment from uh, three years ago, because obviously you don't, obviously you don't need anything that's relevant or cool. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to need it all. Yeah. Um, And so what was really, really cool uh, that we experienced um, as well as a number of other players that, that kind of started in that same timeframe is we kind of flipped that whole mentality on its head. We're serving uh, the church first, and that's what our primary heartbeat is. Um, and if other people find usefulness in what it is that we're actually doing, then, hey, that's great. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a fun ride. That's cool. Well, I think, you know, just that point, it's like, yeah, PowerPoint is capable of putting words on the screen. But PowerPoint is not purpose-built for a Sunday morning, build it on the fly, we're adding a new song how do we do that kind of mentality? And so for you guys to be committed to those environments and to make those environments more engaging and more impactful and to make those teams better resourced to be able to do things like that on the fly or, you know, just the fluidity of a worship leader who says, Hey, we're going to do an extra course, or we're going to extend the bridge, or we're going to reprise this section of a song. You know, not many software developers are in those environments to the point where they understand how that feels to an operator sure. to be under sure. the gun like that. And so, right. you know, Renewed Vision, Multitracks.com, other companies who've sort of filled this space, it's like, no, these are people who have been in the seat themselves who understand what it takes to pull this off. And so I love that the software is kind of resonating with with those needs, you know, because we've all been there and we know what it's like to be in the situation. So let's make sure this works this way so that as an operator, it works how you think it should, you know, and that's, that's been one of the things that I've loved about ProPresenter over the years is just, it's built by people who use it in those environments that you're building it for. And it just makes it so much more effective. There's nothing more gratifying than being able to solve a problem. Yeah. And I, the way I put it to the, when we're hiring people um, and hiring developers, you know, so often Software developers are actually programming for the person that's sitting in front of the screen. You know, they're they're programming the experience of the operator, whether it be a game, whether it be you know uh, Microsoft Word or whatever word processor, spreadsheet, project management application. You're planning, uh, you're you're designing an experience for one user. We're kind of different in that regard because we're yes, we are creating an experience for that one user, but the main users of the software are the thousands or hundreds, whatever. Uh, the people that are seeing the results of that, what, what's actually being output. And so we want to make the user experience as seamless as possible so that the, uh, the audience ex- experience is as seamless as possible. Um, and uh, it's, it's just kind of a unique position to be in uh, for a software developer. Uh, so anyway, I also wanted to, just going back in history, again, we talk about passion, we talk about North Point. 
Um, but again, the shared history, uh, prior to 2005, Greg and I, Greg Dolezal and I had created a company called Video for Worship uh, that was centered around as churches were getting more and more projectors and video switchers and really trying to dive into video world and screens and that kind of thing. Uh, he and I had created a company that was just a reseller for those kinds of things, a consultancy resellership. Um, and so, uh, you know, as, as we made Renewed Vision a full-time gig, we brought him on board as well and just kind of merged our, our two companies so that we can kind of continue to do that consulting. And again, about the solving problems thing, you know, Greg, through happenstance, became uh, Chris Tomlin's tour manager, which, hey, you have some background there. Well, and, he hired uh, me. He hired me to be oh, Chris okay. Tomlin's front of house guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, long time ago. Uh, and there were just so many different things. We, we just wonder, okay, what could we do? What could we do? And we, we did some, a lot of custom development specifically for things like the Chris Tomlin tour because we recognized that, you know, if we do it for one, if we do it for this particular group, it's likely going to be a feature that lots of other people are going to want. Yeah, I remember over the years there being a lot of feature sets that were in beta that we were using Absolutely. on the tour as a testing ground for what was going to be part of a wider <laughs> release, you know? So hey, yeah. let's, let's try to break it. And if we, if we don't break it, then maybe it's something that's worthwhile for everybody. Oh boy. And there are some of the most stressful moments of my life involved <laughs> uh, some of that early testing in live environments. Uh, but you know, that's, I really, I look back on those days very fondly because it was, these ministries were ministries that were realizing that they had to take a risk to uh, and, and really push the edge and push the boundaries to create experiences uh, that that people hadn't had before. Yeah, and to raise the bar of excellence. Yeah, I've said over the years a lot that the early days of North Point. It one of the things that was most exciting was to be a part of something that everyone felt like they were just holding on for dear life because you're kind of white knuckled on a roller coaster going, I'm not sure what's going to happen next, but I'm so glad to be a part of whatever this is. And so to be a part of a team developing tools to facilitate that happening has to be so gratifying for you and your team. I mean, I, I can't imagine because I know being along for the ride as an attendee and as someone who was helping to facilitate those environments, it was just, it was some of the most exciting ministry I've ever been a part of. So absolutely, it's, it's very cool. Um, so throughout those years, obviously, we've now kind of graduated to the development through to the development of Pro 7. So mm -hmm. that's been a bit of a paradigm shift in terms of Indeed. just capabilities and all that, not just the software is capable of, but what computers in general are capable of. So talk for a minute about Pro 7 and its development and how that's been such a game changer for you guys. Yeah, we... We had developed ProPresenter, you know, through version six, which came out in 2015, um, and had done these major updates as the legacy software marketplace had typically done, where you're actually, you know, coming out with these major new releases every couple of years uh, and charging some upgrade fee for that, uh, some discounted upgrade fee. And that's, that's how everybody used to do things, was you would just do, um, you know, you'd have these major upgrade releases of features. Uh, and a lot of it then, would correlate but, with a new OS or a new computer model or a new computing capability. So if, you know, when, when OS 10 came out for the Mac, then there's going to be a new version of the software when, you know, as, as Apple went through its cats in all of their software iterations, <laughs> there had to be a new, a new update of some kind to be able to make exactly. it compatible and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, 
Um, the, the problem with that is that the difficulty is, is as technology's evolution just uh, accelerated so rapidly, you know, as Apple is coming out with new operating systems on a, on a yearly basis, um, you know, we're in 2015, we, we begin work on what we want to do for ProPresenter 7, uh, but we have to have a certain number of features to really say, hey, this is going to be a worthwhile upgrade. At the same time, we were facing problems with, um, for example, we used to have social media integration to the software where you could actually curate and show Instagram or Twitter links, right? Well, then Instagram and Twitter went away. They, they, they took away those API capabilities. Uh, so, so that broke stuff in our software, and we would have to spend a lot of time trying to rework those things. Hmm. Um, so given that we're, we're dealing with a, a wide, or a, a rather a deep stack of technologies that each, the, the Mac OS and the Windows uh, operating system have uh, access to, while it seems like we're a very niche product, we're a very niche product that takes advantage of a lot of what the computer is capable of. Um, we, we continue to have to go back and do maintenance on ProPresenter 6. We had, you know, a couple dozen different updates to ProPresenter 6, some of which offered some small bits of functionality. Uh, but it wasn't a sustainable, um, it wasn't a sustainable pace. We realized, you know, as the, the rest of the software market was going into subscriptions where we were required to actually pay your monthly fee, otherwise your software was just going to break and, you know, you had to re-up your subscription. Um, but the, the brilliance of that mentality is not only just in the, in the, uh, the predictable budget and the predictable revenue mm -hmm. stream that it, it, it attains. What, it, what really appealed to me was that it, it really shortened the, the feedback cycle, the, the customer feedback cycle, uh, in that they could actually, as long as people were paying their regular fees, which were significantly smaller than the cost of, of the new software, then we could actually do the maintenance and we could provide new features uh, on a much more regular basis. And so that became our aim with regards to ProPresenter 7. We wanted to actually release a very, very big upgrade that offered some tremendous new functionality. Uh, we wanted to, to do that at, a, at, at the regular, you know, hey, here's your new version. But to, uh, to continue to have new updates and new upgrades and, and to show new innovations, uh, we committed to having regular updates throughout the year that were going to uh, advance, <laughs> move the ball further down. And it just so happened we released ProPresenter 7 in January of 2020. And uh, then COVID timing, hits and everybody Brad. goes virtual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, you can imagine, you know, we're releasing something for the church and two months after we release it, all churches are closed worldwide. Wow. You know, well, that's where we were able to, well, we have this ProPresenter Plus model. Let's, what, what, do, what do churches need? Well, a lot of churches are streaming now. So we for added the first streaming time, yeah. For the They're first time, exactly. Trying to figure it out and trying to get gear and whatever they need to do this completely different yeah. model of church for the first time. Exactly. So in June, we had streaming inside of ProPresenter. We had, uh, prior to that, we had added a lot of different capabilities into the software for uh, making it applicable. If you're using some other streaming platform, uh, we just wanted to enable people to do lower thirds that probably hadn't done lower thirds before uh, and just make things a whole lot easier. So since January of 2020, we have, we're now on version 7.13. So we've wow. been pretty regularly, you know, about once every quarter or so, coming out with some major new upgrades. And really, that allows us to uh, to be um, very agile in our development. When we see a problem, when we see an opportunity um, to enhance 
how productions are actually doing things that allows us to jump on it pretty quickly. I mean, most recently, I, I've been involved with so many productions that have uh, made use of stream decks, right? Mm-hmm. The stream decks are the, you know, the push button interface uh, that sits next to your computer. You know, just a, it's essentially just a, a keyboard, but, <clears throat> oh my gosh, the use of the stream deck in particular, the companion um, software that you can get to, to basically, it's an open protocol system that can control anything. Um, that, that inspired us to create our own stream deck plugin to control various things of ProPresenter. Um, so, you know, and again, we do these different events, you know, for in October, Jonathan and I were working, uh, this event at Chick-fil-A where he was the producer and several feet away from the computer, he was able to control all of the clock stuff and change the layouts for the stage displays that the people are seeing, you know, uh, that are, that are on stage and was able to control all those things that a producer needs to control independent of all of the content that I'm actually playing back. Um, and I think more and more it's, it's, we're the, the production environment is all about how can you create uh, a, a system by which all pieces of equipment, all major pieces of equipment are able to talk to each other. You know, it just, it started again 20 years ago with, hey, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to run everything from tracks, whether those tracks are actually used or not, but right. the track is actually going to call the lighting consoles and do time code lighting, you know, or MIDI cues to actually trigger different things. Um, and, 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 it, it, it's expanded beyond that so that we're actually getting into tools that are more dynamic. That is to say, it doesn't have to be all be pre-programmed. It's the combination of the pre-programmed cues along with the, uh, those things that you have to change on the fly. And for that to be editable in various right. places and simultaneously controllable at the same time is, is, is needed, but it's, it's very, very interesting and very like mind bending when you really get down to it. So You've got, you know, multi-screen capability within ProPresenter. You've got the streaming stuff that you talked about that's been integrated. Audio routing and multi-channel audio and all of these things that have been major upgrades over the years. Yeah. So, well, that was a, that's a, but that's an interesting story because you talk about the streaming and the multi-channel audio. Well, yeah. we start streaming, but then churches get back in the session. And so they're like, okay, well, we need to stream, but we also have people in the room. And so they're actually running, whereas before they might have been running their audio, everything was running through the, through the main console. Now they actually have to, you, you can't double up the audio. I mean, you'd have tremendous audio cha- uh, challenges if your house mix was the same as what your online mix was. And so we introduced the ability, you know, we have our own bus inside of ProPresenter so you can actually specify what channels of output are going where. Um, and, and so you can actually manage uh, a, an online stream and, you know, have walk-in slides that are happening uh, off of a ProPresenter machine for the people that are in the room while you're doing the introduction uh, with, you know, on-camera talent to, to welcome the online audience uh, and do lower thirds and whatnot for the people in the online audience, all from the same machine. It's kind of... Yeah, without requiring a, sec- a second machine, a second operator, a second set of content, it's all happening through one ecosystem now. That's, that's crazy. So yeah. a lot of those things are, ca- are possible because of your collaborations with other companies. For example... Sure. You had a huge collaboration with Resi on some of the streaming stuff and being able yeah. to do, you know, all that all that they've made made possible through through Resi, and then multitracks.com and Song Select. So you've you've got strategic partners that are um, providing other software solutions to help with some of this. So talk about those for a few minutes. Planning Center. Um, we've been working with Planning Center online for for some time with regards to just uh, bringing in the various service orders. And then assigning different content to the 
the various queues of that service order. Song Select, same thing. They're uh, our CCLIs, Song Select. Um, they had a searchable library that we could, you know, uh, not only search, but also, you know, create and, and keep track of uh, what, what was being played. We weren't actually doing the reporting. Now we actually have the reporting built in, so you can actually report, you know, your usage of those things. Um, Multitracks was uh, a logical extension of that. It's just an alternative to Song Select, but they had a lot of other uh, capabilities beyond what Song Select offered. Again, it's an alternative. They they have uh, this was an offshoot of their kind of their their primary uh, vision. Uh, and working with them, we were able to put the the chord charts and whatnot uh, on our slides uh, and those things for the stage display. And and it's just an honor, you know, when you're working with creative people in a number of different areas. Uh, those those partnerships really have have lev- allowed every all. All boats have risen, you know. Yeah, we've yeah. all gotten better by working together, uh, and we've exper- we've in, uh, increased um, the capabilities of even the smallest church by just working together to actually create some of these tools. So Resi was a, a great collaboration. Again, late 2020, after we started the RTMP streaming, we we worked with them to create the the the, the first software, and at this point, the only software encoder uh, that Resi has. So if you had a copy of ProPresenter, you wouldn't actually have to get a hardware-based encoder. Uh, the, you wouldn't have to buy a specialized server. If you had a copy of ProPresenter, you could stream directly from ProPresenter, which is great, you know, if you don't have the, you don't want to go through the expense of doing a server. But even if you do have a server in your main auditorium, you know, my church does a lot of events out on the lawn uh, yeah. that, that, you know, for Easter or whatnot, we'll do these different special events out on the church lawn. And you don't want to actually have to run lines for a server. So even if you're doing a retreat at a hotel or whatnot, you could still stream that content because as long as you have an internet connection, you can you can do it with a copy of ProPresenter. So that's great. It's it's been great. You know, we we have regular discussions with all of these different partners. And I don't recall a time that we've ever had a meeting uh, that we just you know you have these these dream meetings. What could be what what is it that we could do? Uh, and it's just fun to hear other people's ideas and how the how they interface with what with what our current roadmap is. So yeah, I'm excited cool. for the future. Because uh, there's no, you know, I when we came out with Pro 7, we just thought, okay, well, we have this list of things we want to enhance, but after that's done, then what are we going to do? Well, it doesn't, <laughs> as you go along, there's no lack of new ideas of, of new things that we can actually do. So well, I'm not, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I'm for one excited about the uh, renewed vision MXU conversation because I feel like there's <laughs> strategic partnership waiting to happen. So we'll 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 table that for another day. But uh, stay tuned, people. We might we might have some ideas. Um, so give us a hint at some of what's coming for the future. Um, I, all of these things are so exciting, and to see to see where it's come, even since you know 2015, 16 till now. I mean the the speed at which you guys have developed some amazing tools is is impressive to say the least. So is there anything coming that you can hint at without giving up too much uh, NDA type stuff? Well, we're always trying to, to raise the game. And again, the Pro 7, well, that is to say the ProPresenter Plus. ProPresenter Plus is what we call our maintenance model. Um, so we elected in 2020 to not actually do a subscription service as a software subscription uh, is typically thought of where you're actually, again, if you stop paying on any given month, then it'll cease working right. because so many of our customers already, they're used to having a perpetual license. Hey, you buy it, you own it. Uh, so we, we kind of have a hybrid model 
uh, we introduced ProPresenter Plus, which gives you, uh, from the time of purchase, it gives you one year of updates and upgrades, any minor updates or major upgrades and features uh, you'll get for that first year. And then for a very nominal price compared to the original software purchase, then you can re-up that for another year and another year. So you buy the software for $399, uh, $179 a year gets you everything that we're actually doing in that year. And it's important to note, you know, we're at version 7.13 now, but <laughs> I'm looking at it, you know, I'm, we've done 12 major new features since, just in the last 12 months, right? Wow, yeah. And so we, we under the, the traditional path, we'd already be on like a ProPresenter 10 probably at this point with all the, the added functionality that we've added uh, to the software. But because of the ProPresenter maintenance model, the ProPresenter Plus maintenance model, it allows us to release new features very, very quickly and get it into our customers' hands uh, and fine-tune them on the next release, et cetera. So um, it's, it, and, you know, part of that is uh, it's, it necessitates that we constantly do these updates because, again, Apple's coming out with major new operating systems on a yearly basis, including, I mean, they're, they're coming out with brand new silicone. I mean, they, like right. the, the M1 processor and all the Apple silicone stuff, that's, these are changes. GPU processors are changing all the time, you know? So the, the rate of acceleration of development and innovation of technology uh, is going to happen uh, regardless of whether we're innovating or not. And we just have to grab hold and hold on, you know, for dear life because, uh, and continue to, to take advantage of these things. Um, and if, you know, if you're still running a machine from six years ago, by all means, stop, stop upgrading your ProPresenter. If you're not going to upgrade your operating system, don't upgrade your ProPresenter. If it does what you're, what you need, continue to use it. Uh, but it necessitates that we actually have some sort of a revenue stream to just pay for all the additional maintenance that we need to do. Because right now, our Mac version, we're covering four major versions of the Mac, you know, and wow. that's just not sustainable. Like next month at the developers conference, Apple will come out with, you know, their next version of the operating system. And we're going to be expected to uh, take advantage of that or at least be compatible with that. And that's a whole lot of testing. It's a whole lot of work. So, um, so side note, yeah, it's, how frustrating is it for you as a software developer when you have the earliest of early adopters to a new platform and they come to you and say, why doesn't your stuff work yet? Or why can you let me down? Why are you letting me down? Because I'm like, I just got this oh, brand yeah. new computer that you told me not to buy yet, or you told me not to upgrade yet, but I did anyway. So now it's Friday night and my stuff won't work yeah. for Sunday. It's your fault. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard. And I know that you, you see it in audio world because, you know, Pro Tools comes out with the big oh, uh, yeah. warnings. Don't upgrade your operating system. And it's, right. you know, and then what we'll actually see on, on forums oftentimes is, well, they've had betas of this for six months. You should have been ready. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that they change things even up to the last betas, you know? Yeah. And in fact, oftentimes the communication that we get about particular issues and what we see on our own developer forums is, is that, oh, Apple is aware of these bugs and they're going to take care of them. I'm using Apple as kind of the, the whipping boy for this, but Microsoft's the same way. That, you know, they, they, we, we don't have the ability to know exactly what's going to be in the GM and what things are actually going to be fixed in the operating system or those, those problems that we're actually just going to have to figure out a way to work around. Uh, and, and figure out different ways of doing what, we're, what it is that we're doing. So, um, you know, and that's, we want to, again, the focus of a live production experience, it's one thing if you're just in your, uh, in your house, in your home office or otherwise, and, you know, your word processing application quits, 
or your right. mail application unexpectedly quits. It's quite another one where you have an audience of hundreds, thousands, whatever, of people that are watching, and then your application quits right in the yeah. middle of playing back a video or whatnot. And, and uh, I know that happens. We, we hear, you know, uh, we, we're running on consumer PCs, you know, consumer right. equipment uh, uh, that has a large variety of configurations. Um, and we monitor that stuff. <laughs> we actually have machines or uh, screens in the office that actually show us, uh, you know, how many different crashes are actually happening for our users on a daily basis. And this is something wow. we monitor intensely. Um, and we're always working to patch whatever holes that we possibly can and, and investing in tools that allow us to uh, improve our products and do the maintenance. Uh, but again, if you're that one person that has that experience, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, it, it, what, 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 I, what gets me is, and again, as a, as a user myself, I can understand this with other software. Um, but if, if I'm having, if I have four crashes, they might all be caused by exactly the same thing. But as, on a Sunday morning, if you're having those same crashes, you're thinking that, oh, they've done something. Uh-huh. They've done something to this software that's crashing my system. Darn those guys. They're doing something. They're not being careful. You know, even though all four of those problems are exactly, you know, they're all caused by, you know, a bad file or, you know, something. Um, it just, every single time that it crashes, it's like, oh, gosh. You know? Yeah. Well, just for, for anybody listening who is not aware of this, you know, firmware Friday is never a good thing. Like, no, <laughs> it never is. No upgrades, yeah. no updates, nothing on a, on a Friday afternoon at five o'clock. I don't care how cool the new OS is going to be. Just avoid it. Don't do it. Um, yep. So I, I got an email last week um, because I'm gratefully on your email list. And it was telling me all about pro content. So let's yeah. take a minute and talk about what pro content is because this is a, this is a pretty big step for you guys. It is a big step for us. We have we had a partner that was uh, we were selling and had a media store. They were curating all the content, and we were just you know making it available within uh, the ProPresenter interface. But the problem is, um, we we wanted to really control the experience. We wanted to make it really really easy for our customers to not only get uh, visual content that they could use within ProPresenter, but also to get content because so often your branding for a service is it transcends merely just you know what you're putting on the screens on a Sunday morning. It's right. also going into your your whether it be bulletins or social media uh, and and you know every place that you're actually highlighting a particular service uh, you know whether it be a um, a sermon series or whatnot. So. We wanted to make that experience better. We wanted the ability to uh, to make it the experience for our users that needed last minute content to make things just look good uh, better. And we we've done a lot of different uh, enhancements inside of ProPresenter to uh, to make the flexibility of what you're actually getting with your output presentation that much better. Um, yeah. To to improve that by adding background effects so that you can you know blur. Uh, the video that appears underneath the text so that makes the text more readable and to uh, do different text fills. You can fill text, you know, with video or whatnot. Um, But ultimately, you know, you, we're just manipulating content at some point in time, you've got to have good design uh, and a good eye for design of, of content. And so um, we decided to just go out on our own and we, we looked for, uh, for good ways to do that and uh, actually acquired Visual Media Church. Um, they have a tremendous collection, not only of computer-generated content, uh, but their real strong suit is that they go out on location throughout the world and film some of the most beautiful places on earth 
in, in you know, 4K quality. Uh, and and uh, they're really creating graphics and visuals that I just, I, I haven't seen. You know, back in the day, I remember uh, there was a company that existed that was called Artbeats. Uh, and I think oh, they're yeah. now defunct. But, you know, you would buy uh, a CD-ROM, again, dating myself, but you'd buy a disc that would have various shots of whatever mountain or whatnot. And they'd charge like $500 for that disc. Um, so now we've got a collection of 50,000 plus assets. Uh, and we released it in March. We've already downloaded, the, the, we're, we're crossing over 1 million downloads from our users. Uh, wow. We've got a tremendous amount of free content that's available to our users. Um, and just wanted to make it an, a predictable expense that's just easy. So it's always there. We're adding over 50, well, 50 to 100 different new assets every single week to the site. So it's, it's regularly being updated. Uh, we wanted to make it really easy to find the content. So we've added, you know, uh, some powerful search functionality with artificial intelligence. And, you know, if you're looking for something that's blue, uh, you can say, oh, well, uh, here's, let, let me see everything that's blue. If you're looking for rivers, you can just do, or water or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're actually looking for. Even if you're actually looking for, if you're doing, um, you know, a sermon series on a particular book of the Bible or a particular subject or whatnot, we've got contents for, Basically, any emotion, any book of the Bible, any uh, any any topic that you might want to address, you could probably find uh, some good content and pro content. And then uh, our integration inside of ProPresenter so that you can literally just browse the content and find what it is you want, preview it before you download it, uh, drag it to whatever library you want, um, drag it to whatever slide that you want, and have it just automatically download at whatever resolution that you want. If you're doing uh, you know a super triple wide kind of resolution, we have those uh, those resolutions available. So yeah, we just wanted to create a tool that we ultimately it came down to, we wanted a tool in the software that, that we wanted in our own presentation that we find ourselves longing for. And then in addition to that, we wanted a platform that would allow us as we expand, uh, what you're capable of doing in ProPresenter, the ProPresenter file format is suddenly now going to become unique with regards to how we do, uh, some slide builds and, you know, again, using the background effects and, and doing some things with, with ProPresenter templates that allow people to take advantage of what we have already done with our, our visual engine, what we have planned to do with the visual engine. So, yeah. That's very exciting. It's, it's, it's done really well. It's, been, it's a, been a very exciting development for us. It's the first time that we've kind of gone into this area and it, I'm just thrilled with the response that we've gotten from our users. That's very cool. Well, I'm, I'm excited that you guys are continuing to think forward and continuing to provide tools for people that are going to make their services better and make their volunteer experiences better. And I just, uh, you know, I just love your team and their heart for the church and just how, how it aligns with what we're about in terms of just bringing excellence to a church production team, but also, you know, making it a, a good experience for the operator in that team. So it's, um, it's fun to, just see what you guys are all about and be a part of it. Um, one of the things, though, that I love about interacting with you personally is that every time we get together, <laughs> you've got some sort of quiz or game or some brain yeah. teaser or something that I that think you my bring. favorite thing that it just it just kind of happens. So funny. Uh, if you were to look at the text threads between Jeff and I, um, you would see every two months or so, there's like, I'll get a text from Jeff that'll say 48 or a text from oh, me. Oh, that's really low, him, man. That's 48 is really I low. It is low. It is low. 50, 52 uh, 50, at least. 51. Yeah. 52. Okay. Is, uh, that's a good number. It's a solid number. Uh, and it's just, it's just so funny because that's just like, 
it, it's literally our way of saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. you know? yeah, exactly. But what does that mean? What, is the, what, are, what do these numbers mean? Well, I, this is so stupid, but it's also so cool. <laughs> At the Atlanta airport, uh, there is a gigantic escalator as you exit the train uh, that takes you up to baggage claim. And it's a, a, it's a very, very long escalator. Um, and anybody that's traveled in Atlanta airport has, is very familiar with it. And so I don't remember what got into my head one time. I, I just said, Hey, I'm going to see how fast I can sprint up this escalator. Clearly I have no sense of self-awareness in what I would actually look like to people as I, but that's what makes it great is that you, that's what makes it great. When you do so it, you I, look like a fool, but it's awesome. Yeah. So I think, what was it? Probably seven years ago or something. I told Probably you about so, this yeah. at some green room. Uh, and, and I said, what you got to do, you got to position yourself on the frontmost car of the train so you can be the first person out. And you just have to see how many steps of that escalator you can actually touch before it gets to the top. And so. But yeah, then we got into some argument about the physics of it all. How if you go too fast, then somehow you'll outrun the escalator and then won't touch as many steps as humanly possible because if you slowed it down a little bit you could touch more and it's like no it's false just go as fast as you can go as and touch all the steps that you can right so the result of that is is that you're counting and again the the other the bonus is that if you actually have some sort of luggage and i typically have a computer bag you know that i'm slinging on my shoulder uh and it's about i think the record is 54 which i'm going to say that i hold uh, yeah, 54 I'm sure is you've the done highest. It too. You've done 54. 50, I think 54 is the limit. It, it has to be. Um, and it, you actually shoot up there pretty darn fast. I mean, you're talking 54 steps. You're, it's, it's less than half, or 30 seconds probably yeah. to, to hit those 50 because you're, you're booking it up those steps. And you get to the top and you feel good about yourself. And then about 20 seconds later, that's when it hits you and your heart completely is like, what gassed. the heck did you just yeah. do? Yeah, you're just completely gassed. Every time I do it, I find myself, I'll be at the top of the escalator walking toward the baggage belt and I'm thinking, oh, that wasn't so bad at all. And then literally 10 seconds in, I can't breathe. It's like, what <laughs> just happened? So if you find yourself in the Atlanta airport, you can join in with Brad's and my game of uh, escalator uh miscarriage i don't know what you yeah. call it but i don't know what you'd call it escalator it's fun, just, we just call yeah. it the escalator game but escalator yeah. game it's, a, it's anyway. a great time but there's other games too so it's a great way to wake up off after a long a long flight but yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> so but there are other there are other games and contests and quizzes and things that are always in your brain so last week we talked about everything from candy bars to chewy fruit candy um and top 10 lists and all kinds of things so you got you got one of those before me before I do. we go. I do. So um, I can't take uh, credit for the this game, and I don't actually know who created it because uh, a fifteen year old friend of mine that's a friend of the family told me about this, and he 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 gave me these different uh, questions. And basically, it's a blind ranking. So what we're actually going to okay. do is I'm going to give you five choices. You have to choose one being your favorite, five being your least favorite. You can only use each one of those numbers once. Okay. Uh, and you have to you have to just tell me where you would actually position these various things. But what makes it a unique challenge is you can only use each number once, but I'm going to only tell you the one item at a time. So you kind of have to guess, all right, is he going to say something that's oh, better? Man. Is he going to say something that's worse? All right. Uh, so last week we did this with candy bars, and that's a, that's a great topic. And I tried to think of something that was unique. So just as a warm-up here, Jeff, I'm going to uh, – and because I guess kind of 
It's a fun word to say. We're going to do the first ranking is going to be of balls. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's talk balls. Uh, golf. One. Oh, okay. Base. Two. Wow. Foot. Probably three. Very good. Okay. Bowling. Oh, man. See, there was a time in my life when that would have been one or two, actually. Okay. But I'll take, I'll take four. You're a bowler. I was a bowler. I, so I grew up in a part of the country where the only thing to do in the wintertime, if you weren't a skier, like cross-country skiing, would be to go bowling or sit inside and want to kill yourself because it was so <laughs> depressing. So yeah. yeah, bowling bowling was a big deal for me growing up. In fact, our high school had a bowling team, and yours truly was its captain for several wow. years in high school. Yeah. What's your high score? My high score for one game is 278. Wow. And my high score for a three-game series is 727. Wow. Which is pretty pretty darn good for those of you who are into bowling but nobody who listens to this is into bowling and now they know things about me that they never should have known but thanks brad so bowling i guess in this list bowling will be four okay so it's it, you golf is first base, so we're left with number so five we're, we're left with basket which nope no not basket okay no soccer Your last ball is a gum ball oh well that's five see in see, those it's a, it's a it's a it's little a twist. twist. Yeah. So I, you so know I didn't what, get you there. You didn't get me because um, golf is my main hobby. So that'd be number one. I'm a big baseball fan. Number two, football's close, closely thereafter. So I think, I mean, unlike the candy bar game last week, I think this one was actually pretty easy. Okay. Well, I, I, there's one that's more related to you. I've, I've made one of these specifically for you. Oh, wow. All right. All right. Lay it on me. Okay. And I don't want to offend anybody by by doing this, but it's, uh, we'll we'll offend people. In most most of these episodes of, some, of something people. you're very familiar with, okay, which would be Chris Tomlin songs. Oh my gosh, I love it. So okay. you, I mean, you might have a different perspective on this because it, you know you could be like the pain in the butt of of I don't know mixing it or certain. You're going to couple personal experiences with this that you've had on on the road, right? I so, definitely have personal experience. This is yeah. going to be great. <laughs> with different songs, so this is not so, necessarily the top five Chris Tomlin songs. Just so people no. know. These are five Chris Tomlin songs that I have no idea what order you're going to say them in. I just have right. to put them in an order from one through five based on my experience. Given his catalog, his vast oh. catalog, you cannot predict what the five songs will actually be either. Wow. Uh, this is amazing. There you go. So, indescribable. Okay. Uh, that's a solid three for me. Okay. Good, good father. Five. Okay. Did you notice my lack of hesitation? There was, uh, yes, I, I noticed your complete lack of hesitation. Is there a reason for that? Just for me, just doing it every night as the last song of the night, it's, it's a little tiresome. But I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. There's, a, there's a lot of repetition in that one. A lot of people love it. Yeah. Nothing against Chris Tomlin or Pat it. Barrett or any of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my chains are gone. Amazing Grace, my chains are gone. Okay. So you've, you've taken three. Let's go, let's go number two. All right. So we're left with one and four. All right. How great is our God? Oh, man. See, you put me in a box. 
Because if I say four, <laughs> because I'm waiting for something that really you don't know hits what's me, coming. then I'm gonna I'm gonna have a bad choice for for my number one. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna say how great is four. Okay. So what's my number so one? So we're gonna go on record now. Oh my god! Jeff Sandstrom's favorite Chris Tomlin song is "Party." Oh, Brad. <laughs> oh, I knew I should have put how great is one. Oh. Most people listening to this podcast have never heard the song Party. No, they haven't. Oh, that's amazing. It was, boy, it was like lighter fluid. It was, that's, that's the biggest blip of, oh my gosh, this is a great song. And then it just and faded it away just, just as quickly as it, oh my gosh. It flamed yeah. out faster than a blown up car in a drag race yeah what was it passion 2010 i mean it was a long time long ago. time ago but anyway i was one of the few songs by the way that chris was known to play electric guitar on which is a very rare thing oh wow we got a lot of trivia happening today good trivia that's well, amazing i'm glad i got you on that you got me good well brad <laughs> i can't thank you enough for being a part of this today um i know everybody who is listening Obviously, they use your stuff, but I love giving everybody an inside just peek into who you are as a person and who you guys are as a company, because I think, you know, your mission and vision for helping churches is second to none. And so we're just, I'm just thrilled to be your friend and we're glad to be able to partner with you guys and what you're doing and, you know, however we can do so in the future. We're excited to see whatever that means because um, helping church teams get better is what we're all about. and. I just, I love seeing you guys do that every day. So thanks for being a part of this. Oh, it's been a lot of fun.